Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide here. Mike is back at work at Mile High Shooting. Today I'm going to be heading out there later in the afternoon and I'm going to be sitting down with Mike and Adam. Adam's the lead gunsmith over there at Mile High. We're going to talk some reloading. We're going to talk some gunsmithing. Uh, we're going to sit down and do an episode or two uh, later in the day when Mile High is closing down. So I'm looking forward to that. Also, thanks to everybody uh, replying and sending feedback. We're getting a ton of emails, and I appreciate that. A lot of guys are referencing the podcast. People are enjoying it on their com uh, commute. People are, are seeing what we're saying apply to them now that the, the spring is coming for some of us, and they're getting out there and shooting, and they're saying, I'm getting, I got an email today. Uh, I think it was Adam emailed and said, hey, you know, what you said we saw and, you know, they're, they're putting a one-to-one -one relationship to the conversations we're having with you guys and their observations downrange, which is, which is fantastic. I mean, that's what it's all about, delivering information to people and, and letting, you know, hopefully educating them a bit to diagnose any potential problems they may have or how to manage something like the wind. And because it's spring... Because the winds are cranking up out there, and God, we dodged a bullet with the class. It snowed again, and all that other stuff overnight. We had a, a bunch more snow and the wind. The weather's been crazy, and the window we had on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday was was great. But the main thing was the wind that we did, and I want to talk about that because I I'm getting so much positive feedback from our wind discussions. And one of the elements I want to talk about specifically, because this is getting to be more and more common in which it should, is Kestrel. Uh, we all use Kestrels. We all own Kestrels. Uh, we have great success with Kestrel. And, you know, we won't get into the individual aspects uh, really of software wise, but I do want to um, talk about the use of the Kestrel that we saw and how it relates to what we're doing um, you know, this is your handheld wind meter, right? So it turns you into the science department because where you're standing with a Kestrel makes you a scientist, okay? You're now monitoring the conditions, whether that be weather, wind, what have you, at you in that location. So you're getting data from a scientific style instrument. Now, Kestrel kind of changed the way they're doing business a little bit, at least publicly, and, you know, like Katie, for one, is putting out some great videos and they're being really responsive. You can actually talk to the Kestrel people in the ballistic calculator area of Sniper's Hide. We have a really robust ballistic calculator discussion. So if you're confused by ballistic calculators, if you're not sure how to manage them, work them, you, you got an error that something's not lining up, you're, you know, how do I true? How do I do this? Sniper's Hide form. Ballistic Calculator Discussion Area. You can talk to the manufacturers. Doc Beach from Applied Ballistics is there. Katie from uh, Kestrel is there. You know, you'll, you'll get some of the other guys that come in and use this software on a daily basis. And you'll be able to diagnose any issues you're having. And Kestrel is putting out some great videos. One of the ones they put out, and I'm going to have to reference it so I, I make sure I don't get it wrong is you know the capturing part of it there there there's a video they have with an acronym called crush and and it's basically the steps to go through to use the kestrel on the line 
to capture the direction of fire, to read all the information, to update the system, and then finally to shoot and hit the target. But there are some videos being put out, really quick three-minute ones, and it's called, like this one again, is Kestrel Crush. C-R-U-S-H. Super short, super easy, and it's kind of like these quick start guide stuff. But Kestrel has been doing more and more to support the end user as well as instructors they have instructor packs available now they have powerpoints that we can use uh, within our classes to help educate the consumer and, and i'm not gonna lie before you know when i had a question or something came up and, and you didn't go to kestrel directly you went to the software people they weren't really helping as well it was like what well, then this is kind of what they told me they're like well, you're not a certified instructor for that platform, so they have to call us. So here we are on a line, and you know we're we're with the shooter right in front of us with the the device, and you know there might be this like hidden menu feature. One of them, for example, if you put in powder temp change or anything like that, you can't update the DSFF. It, you know you had to kind of clear it there, there's some back and forth in the sub menu side of things that puts many little blocks in, in, in your way if and especially if you have a student who attempted to set up the device incorrectly well then you know there's elements of the sub menus that if you don't check you might miss now kestrel taking that support through them we're getting answers immediately. We're getting videos put out. We're getting white papers put out. So come on to buy Sniper's Hide Forum and go use that Kestrel as well during the class. I just put a video out on my win lesson. So on YouTube, on Sniper's Hide, I did both. I, I, I uploaded it to my platform, put it in the forum. I also uploaded it to YouTube. You know, eventually that stuff may disappear, but, but it's backed up in... I gave you the basically eight minutes of my discussion when we did the xylophone target we talked about during the wind on Saturday. So this way you can see what I was saying. You can get you basically you're going to get a free lesson on me talking about the wind and how we're going to manage the wind. Now, one element that's missing from that um, uh, lesson and here's a clue. A lot of times you may find because of timing and stuff and how I do my videos, it may not be a complete picture. That's the idea to get you into a class and to get you over to Sniper's Hide where I give you sort of a tease, you know, maybe three quarters of the answer publicly. But there's always a little bit I keep back, okay? And I'm going to talk about that one thing that we had Mike do. Um as we mentioned last month, Mike, Mike, uh, you know, won the local match in 30 mile an hour wins. So during our precision rifle class for mile high, I I brought Mike up to the front of the class for him to talk about his method of bracketing the target and using his kestrel. And he has his kestrel all trued up and everything. And, and he, as he had mentioned, he wore it around his neck. He had it out there front and center the entire time. He always referenced it. He used the multiple wind zones to look at his high-captured wind and his low-capture wind, right? And then he showed everybody how he overlaid that to a target. And in the example that he was using, it might be 
His low might have been a 0.3 adjustment and his high might have been a 0.5 adjustment on a target. And some of those targets, 0.3 might be on the left, that you know, when coming from the left. 0.3 is right on the left edge and 0.5 is right on the right edge. And he showed how he played with these numbers and how, you know, as we had talked about, flash milling a target, firing it up there and looking at it and saying, okay, that target's 0.5 wide. I have a 0.2 variation in my wind. Where's the center of that 0.5 versus the 0.2? And using the Kestrel to to line up data. You'll see when I talk about it in my lesson where I want you to record using a Kestrel your high, your average, and your low. And what you're doing is you're taking that information and you're projecting it onto that target that you're shooting. This way there, you can go and see where that wind high and lows are going to fall. And it's a really effective method and we gave it to the guys in the class and and it works well. Well, we use the Kestrel to get that information to begin with. And that that where you could find this information and this stuff is through Kestrel, is through Sniper's Hide in the form ballistic calculator. As well, you know, the advanced marksmanship sections if you have more questions. If you're going to email and Facebook me the question, I'm, I may not be inclined to answer. Email, I'd rather not answer it for one person, you know, because I do get five or ten emails coming in a day within these subjects, especially like the podcast now. And again, thank you guys for, for the, uh, the glowing reviews you've been giving us through the email. And... and but the Facebook side, I'm not answering a lot of stuff that way because I'd rather bring you to Sniper Side Forum. Eventually, we're going to keep chipping down that use of social media that way because they're they're scaling back what we can do in a lot of ways. But if we keep it on Sniper Side, it becomes evergreen content for everybody to use, right? So then it, it's easier to find. It doesn't get lost. If they decide to shut groups down or do whatever, it won't disappear, and I'd much rather you come to the Everyday Sniper section and ask the question there because then everybody can reference it, everybody can find it and, and get the answers they're looking for because I know there's a bunch of you who, um, who, who would like a little more detail in this. But we do have this bracket method where we're capturing the wind, we're looking at the high and low gusts, and then we're overlaying it to our target, and it becomes really quick, really easy. And why is that? Well, we're assigning a value to the wind and a hold value. Uh, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron talked about you know what his wind speed bud error budget was in that five mile an hour. You know, I had a five mile an hour bracket on the target. And what they're doing is they're looking at the wind, they're looking at the size of the target, and they're determining where their error is. With these big gusts and big movements, I mean, we're trying to resolve the wind to within one mile an hour, yet we may have gusts that are six to eight miles an hour, you know? So where you fall within that is probably going to be bigger than the target size, so you're, you're, you're trying to kind of constantly do this little sway back and forth, and it's, it's microscopic in the scope, but you're doing this little sway back and forth to manage the wind, 
And in my video, we talk about the WTF, wind trajectory, fundamentals of marksmanship, wind being number one. That's the great equalizer. I like Mike yesterday did the hashtag when he, when I put the video up, you know, uh, Wednesday wind day. And, and so that might be something we look at as having a Wednesday wind day hashtag. Uh, it, it works out really good, but because I missed it and because I just added this video yesterday, I'm going to do it today and let you guys jump on this quick. And then tonight when I go talk to them, we'll talk about other things. But again, there's some really, really solid information out there and, and trying to you know filter through all the good and bad. That's kind of why I want you over to the hide. That's why I want you a little bit more public and so you can see this stuff. But function-wise, I really want to applaud Kestrel and Katie out there for, for the videos and the work they're doing. It helps. It helps all of us because they're, you know, with such a deep menu-driven device, it's easy to get confused. Oh, one of the questions guys were asking about uh, the, the barometric pressure and station pressure. Okay, real quick. Station pressure is the same as absolute pressure. Station pressure is including your altitude. All right, that's that subtraction of one inch of mercury for every thousand feet we go up. So instead of 2992, you know, here we're at that 2489. We talked about that. Now, barometric pressure, that's what the weatherman uses. That's corrected for altitude, which means you have to use the altitude. Software like Ballistics AE, for example, has a checkbox that says pressure is absolute. When you check that box, that means you're using station pressure. And what it does is it grays out the altitude. You can't use station pressure along with altitude because that means it's doubling up. Station pressure would, unless you're at sea level, will be lower than the 2992. It'll be in the 27s, you know, 26s, 25s, depending on where you live. So if you're a thousand feet above sea level, you're subtracting an inch, and and that's what we're looking at. Um, if you didn't have any access to anything or you're a sea level guy. Well, then, you know, barometric pressure in, in your altitude is not going to do a lot. But out here in Colorado, 5,000 feet above sea level, guys who are, you know, that 1,000 feet plus above sea level, you need to default to station pressure. With a Kestrel, that means you don't touch anything. You leave it weather-wise, factory default, because that's going to give you the correct density altitude, that's going to give you the correct station pressure, and all these things will work together. If you start adding in reference altitudes and you start adding in reference pressure, well, then it'll change the numbers a bit, and that's not what we use for shooting. That's a whole nother thing for other people. For shooting, leave it at factory default, okay? Plus side, with the AB-style Kestrels, the Horus-style Kestrels, it will go for the raw data without you. So even if you screw it up when you're in ballistic mode, it's going to override your settings. Where the errors come in is if you change something and you're in weather mode 
and then you're taking the weather mode information and putting it into an external ballistic software. That's where you can see an, a variation. But if you have an AB Kestrel, it's going gonna, it's gonna to fix any error you may put in and it knows I need this data even if this guy changed it. So it bypasses your settings when you're in ballistic mode, which is a great thing to minimize the errors. And so you, you don't have to do a lot. Remember, it's constantly updating. It's constantly leading. There's those live and capture modes. And, uh, you know, well, again, in the ballistic section, there's videos and there's all kinds of discussions about this. There was just an update, a 1.20. I just updated mine last week before the class. A, a lot of guys, it'll explain to you. Uh, there's firmware update details. Kestrel has been really good to come in and say, hey guys, this update wasn't quite right. Give us 30 days. Oh, okay, here are the new updates here. We fixed it. And so when there was kind of a little wiggle in the in the firmware updates, they've come on and said, don't do 1.9, don't do 1.5, don't do 1. whatever. Okay, we're at 2.0 and 2.0 solid. Go get it. And and so that's another thing to look for within the sniper side forum and having access to these people because they're coming on and telling you which ones to skip, which ones to go for and it, they're getting the feedback as well where if somebody sees a problem or an error, they're coming on and getting details and they're giving customer support almost in real time through the forum. And and that's one of the positive things and why we, we kind of want people to be, you know, not always immediately so trollish. Don't go with the Facebook, haha, funny this, funny that. Especially when we have manufacturers there. The manufacturers have limited time, limited resources. Sometimes there's somebody over their shoulder watching them. If you start jumping in and acting like a troll, because you may have had a bad experience down the road or there's something you didn't like about that company, leave it alone and, and don't really jump in and, and ruin it for other people. We appreciate having you manufacturers come in and talk directly to the membership. It helps everybody. You know, they can watch a forum. It'll email them when somebody has a question. And, you know, then they can pop right in and answer them without having to monitor it, you know, all the time. But if you guys start treating some of the manufacturers a little rough, then they're going to go away. They'll, they'll just say, forget it. I'm not wasting my time with you forum, you know, monkeys and, and stuff like that. So think about it when you come in and talk to these people because they are there to help. They're the, and they're not just helping themselves. They're helping end users and customers. So it, it, it's there's some awesome, awesome stuff. And, and you can get into this fine you know, detail through them where if you have a personal error, they're correcting it. Hey, what are your settings? Hey, did you try this? Do that. Oh, okay, I see what you did wrong. Go over here and change this number. And, you know, that that's what you guys are looking for when you come and ask the question. So be respectful when, when they're trying to help somebody. Well, there, there have been cases where somebody just had a bad experience and, and they see opportunity to, to lay into somebody and, and it's just not helpful for everyone. But Kestrel Crush is C-R-U-S-H and it's, it's a good short little video to show you how to operate this stuff. Uh, more stuff in the ballistic calculator section that they're, you know, they're, they're, they're talking about, you know, whether we should be using density, altitude, pressure, station, or absolute. 
uh, again, you, with the Kestrel's going to get the raw data, so you're not really going into density altitude stuff. Where you're going to software, that's where the DA. If you want to, if you don't have a Kestrel and you want it to be simple, you can do the DA. Oh, Mr. Fuzz got a niche. And if you can get the DA, the nice thing with DA is you can do DA cards and things like that. And you can go, okay, it's I'm at this altitude. It's this hot outside. My DA is roughly this. That's the benefit of DA. It's more a field expedient way to use one number. And it kind of replaces all the raw data from your data book. So while I had mentioned in the past, I capture all the raw data. That includes density altitude for me. For software, I like to use all the original data that I can when I can because to me, the DA is a little bit of a shortcut. It's not a big shortcut, but it's a little bit of one and it was added after the fact. It's still comprised of that raw data and if you have that raw data at your fingertips, you might as well use it. it, it the only thing is you're going into three screens and you're changing you know, barometric pressure, temperature, or station pressure temperature and humidity versus just putting in density altitude now understand density altitude and i mentioned this before we're rounding it to the nearest thousand number wise i usually put it at the nearest 500 just to kind of break it down a little bit more but the software does not resolve density altitude that much it's really going to that nearest thousand and if you watch your uh, electronics in terms of density altitude, you can be standing there and watching it, and it's constantly fluctuating 10 or 20 feet. You know, it'll go up here, down here, because it's a pressure meter, and so the altitude's based on pressure, not a GPS where you're standing. So there is some error factor, but it's tiny, 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 tiny. So don't really sweat that. Round it to the nearest 500, but you're really only using the nearest 1,000 feet. And just understand, barometric pressure, again, has to have the altitude part. Station pressure is when you're including the altitude by subtracting every 1,000 feet, one inch above sea level. Cool? Um, and, and DA comes from, you know, the pilots and stuff. That, that tells them, you know, what they can carry load-wise. It, it tells them, uh, you know, where the, 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 the plane thinks it is, just like the uh, bullet. Density altitude is a good one number to tell the bullet where it thinks it's flying. I might be at 5,000 feet above sea level when the temperature's up, you know, over 75, 80 degrees. Well, then the bullet actually believes it's at 8,000 feet above sea level. So it gains 3,000 feet of elevation because the conditions have lightened the air density a little bit, made it, made it easier for the bullet to fly through so it flies better you may be at sea level and get a density altitude of 2000 well that means the bullet no longer believes it's at sea level it now believes it's at 2000 feet above sea level that works in the reverse for you guys in the winter where you may have minus 2000 feet below sea level which means the air is so dense it's like you're shooting underwater, right? So it, the air becomes harder for the bullet to fly through. It gets more parasitic drag. It's hitting more molecules. And so you have to add elevation to that because the bullet's not going to fly as well as it will here at 8,000 feet. 
So that works in both directions. You have density altitude above sea level and you can have density altitude below sea level. And that's that one good number. Cool? All right. So, you know, I just wanted to make sure we hit a good, after some of the rants and discussions and stuff that I've gone on, I want to make sure you guys get some really, really good uh, shooting tips and tricks. And, and so make sure you, you take a look at this information in the ballistic calculator. I mean, everything's represented. I'm, I'm here just in the first top 10. Uh, there's a Hornaday Ford off app question. There's a SIG AB 2400 truing function. There's some stuff, you know, what, what are the, how are you putting in your prime 130 grain ammo in your Kestrel 5700? Questions about Android ballistic calculators. Having trouble with MOA versus inches in a ballistic calculator. Talking about that. Kestrel 4500 with custom curves. We're talking about that. Entering a sight scale factor for a Kestrel with AB software. Then there's the station absolute or density altitude. Kestrel wind direction settings. That's where the crush video is. Kestrel firmware update, like a 2700B. So laser range finders, laser range finders and weather flow. Speaking of that, I was just emailing back and forth with Garmin because I have the Garmin, uh, let me make sure I say it correct uh, so I don't mess th th this up. Uh, Force Trek, right? Um, Fortrek. The Garmin Fortrek 701 Ballistic Edition. So I'm, I'm playing with that and I'm going to have some reviews and some stuff out there. So I was talking with them about, you know, connecting a weather flow meter to it. it, it it's got functionality. It's got some different things happening on there. How cool would it be if this can talk to something like a $70 weather flow? Then your Garmin, and I dig Garmin. I use the uh, Bravo Tactic uh, watch. I have the arm bar right here, the, the Ballistic Edition 701. If we can talk to something like a weather flow, money, right? You guys are going to be this. In, in the Garmin, I like because it's got a big screen. It's very similar to the Kestrel in that way, So, but it's giving you a little bit more real estate screen-wise. And, and, you know, like Kestrel has the, the, the little pads now. So you can link your Kestrel to these flat screen pads that replace the um, the dope, the Sidewinder dope cards and the different dope cards guys are putting on their rifle. Well, Kestrel now has a sort of black and white, almost very Kindle looking device. And you can put that on your rifle and then the Kestrel will beam your data to it and you can read it. Well, the Garmin... The Garmin is is has got a bigger screen, so it's easier to read, and, and and it combines, you know, those watch functions. It combines all the usual Garmin features that you can get, uh, which has weather and different things like that built into it, and you can wear that to your competitions and out shooting instead of your wrist commander. Everything's on the Garmin. Uh oh. Always have a backup, electronics, yada, yada, yada. We know that why I advocate hard copy backups, why we did the ballistic calculator reference card for impact data books. Jamelli knocked that out in two seconds. Uh, you know, Tony G's there, and it's like, hey, man, so guys don't lose this data. Give me a page in the data book. Boom. Week later, it's available. You know, that's the kind of stuff that we're doing with all these discussions that we're having. We're, we're putting these things into practice and we're giving you guys more resources and options to look at. Just like the Garmin, 
just like the Kestrel, just like, you know, the applied ballistics with like, like SIG, uh, SIG 2400AB. You know, there's, there's one device that's running all this software, tap the target, get a range, and in the laser range finder, there's your dope. Backs up to your phone. You can pull the data from your phone if you're not using the laser range finder. So, excuse me, there's all these benefits to these big real-world discussions that we're having. And, you know, I'm a big fan of this electronic stuff, but I'm also constantly harping on some kind of data book backup. I mean, the data book is our Bible. The data book's, you know, making sure it's hard copy. And and I think Chris mentioned this in class as well. Um, Chris D. from San Fran, Pooh Capital, man. Um, Chris was saying how when he writes this stuff down, and I'm the same exact way. I agree with him 100%. When I write this stuff down, it's easier for me to commit to memory. And that allows me to not be so dependent on the software. The more I use it, the more I see it, the fact I wrote it down, it, it, it gets hardwired in and I, you know, now I have numbers in my head and you don't see me, you know, fumbling for reference material because I'm memorizing all this stuff. And, you know, I have it memorized in inches and MOA and conversions and all these different things because I'm constantly playing with these numbers, right? And so um, think about that. Write this stuff down, have a paper backup. Even if you go out and get a, a composition notebook at the grocery store and, and it just sits on your desks or sits somewhere in your house, when you're setting things up and you're doing it, put put the information in this competition, you know, composition notebook, put it away. Then when you go out to the range and you're working all your electronics and all your stuff, it, you start to develop that, that memory up from it. And if things do screw up, you run over your phone, you break something, you, you update something and it doesn't work or hold your info, it happens every now and then. Not everything has a cloud backup. You can go back to your notebook and get it. And and I, I think there's a lot of benefit to that paper background. I still drag around my data books, even though I have just about every piece of electronics on the planet. You still see me with a backup in, in, in a hard copy. Uh, it, it, it it's it's part of my process. So that's what we're relaying to you. All this stuff ties together. All this is there to help us be a better shooter. But it all requires to be educated on it. There There's little tiny differences here or there. And, and it's not always obvious. So we want these resources like the Sniper's Hide Ballistic Calculator Forums section. Your data book you know, the videos that, that we have and, and things like that. So we, we can we can go and find it. I mean, when I get a new product and all this stuff, even, even though I have, um, you know, Greg from Garmin emailing me and, and uh, what do you call it? Um, Natalie from Garmin emailing me. The, I still go to the videos. I still watch and see what these other guys are doing. When I got my Bravo Tactic uh, watch, I went and watched the videos. Because even like watch the Phoenix videos because that watch is very similar to the Bravo. So if I go see what guys are doing with the Phoenix, I can then apply that to some of the stuff with the Bravo. And heck, who knows? I may see a cool watch face or something I want to download from the uh, Bravo Connect uh, app in, in, in website. So 
I really dig what Garmin's doing. I've been super psyched with what Kestrel's doing. And I was sold on Kestrel before, but I'm even more sold on Kestrel now. And and I, I want to applaud uh, Kate, uh, Katie's efforts to what she's doing. I think it's making a big impact on the industry and it's helping everybody from me, you know, who's supposed to be the subject matter, matter expert. It still helps me. And, and so, I mean, she's the subject matter expert for Kestrel. I'm going to her to make sure I understand it. And then I'm presenting it to students and helping them. Mike's been fantastic with the Kestrel. Um, I tend to bounce back and forth with software because I'm always comparing and checking because I get those, a, you know, product A or product B stuff. But he's he's proving much more successful by, you know, the man with one device. And so it's easy to default to him because he's dancing around this thing like, you know, like a kind of dancer, bit of a ballerina. And, um, you know, it's it's good to go in, in, in to see this be successfully put into practice so there's there's your questions there's your answers and stuff like that all right i'm gonna have to get all cleaned up and heading out and do all this stuff so this is going to be a little shorter episode uh, i want to thank everybody who, who's having those civil discussions in the prize table bias stuff mark from colorado here mark passamatic Fantastic guy. Go look at what he posted on that. I mean, we're talking solutions here, man. It's not just a bitch. So we're, we're I, I really think we're getting, we're, we're pushing this forward and, and it's helping to have guys, you know, once people got past the emotional, well, gee, my buddy says, whatever. Once we got past that emotional part of this discussion, it's now becoming constructive. You know, there's the emotion of, of, the, the 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 Frank haters coming out trying to trying to kill the message, you know that I'm full of it and all this. And now you get guys who are in the industry, you know, like as Mark said, he's he puts on some of the biggest three gun and handgun type matches in the country. He he he's he's a phenomenal match director. He's worked every side of this coin, including the edges, and he's saying yes. He's validating some of this and giving. Even more expanded solutions. Hey, it's not a one size fits all, but consider A, B, and C. Oh, by the way, D is working too. Instead of just saying it's either black or white, because none of this is black and white. I mean, clearly we have a lot of varying degrees. Also, um, Kelby. Kelby just sent over their budget... Um, rifle for me i picked it up this week at mile high so i'm going to be dealing with the budgie uh yeah budget blah, 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 not budget i'm going to be dealing with the uh the kelby rifle uh xlr chassis uh I, you know i think it's under three grand i have to go look it up but it's it's a competition style rifle you could drop right in it uses their atlas action and um really good stuff i'm i'm always been fans of kelby's uh, those guys uh, do a fantastic job. They support the community really well. They're, they're good quality. You know, you just can't say enough about them. And, and Ian's reached out and, and thank you guys. You can find, you're going to be able to find that stuff on Sniper's Hide. Uh, they're bop, popping in back. Well, with a lot of this YouTube stuff, we're seeing a lot more of these guys come back on. I mean, that, that's that's a sinking ship between Facebook and YouTube. 
Um, you know, so I'm starting to see a lot more companies reach out and, and say, hey, uh, I think we're going to have to hang up our Facebook presence and our YouTube presence. What's going on on the hide? Hide's going gangbusters, man. There's some minor things. We're going to be doing some updates. There's been a new update posted and some stuff like that. So we'll, we'll get the updates done. I know there's a weird thing with the skins in Android. I, I'm not quite sure why that is. But if you turn your phone sideways, the Android seems to work better. On the iPhone, I don't see the problems. But on Android, there's something up. So I'm going to I'm gonna hopefully get this update taken care of. And then I can um, see if it fixed those problems. So I'm going to reach out to those guys to look at the update. All right. Um, heading over to Mile High this afternoon to see Mike and Adam. Thank you from Frank from the Everyday Sniper. Uh, thanks for the questions. Thanks for the comments. Thanks for the praise. I really appreciate it. This is all about you guys, man. This is making sure that I'm putting out solid details and information for you. All you got to do is come over and grab that information. It's there available on snipershide.com in the forums. Uh, the online training is, is growing. We just added within the last two days, I just added another like 15, 18 people to the online training. Um, I'm trying to grab some any videos too that might have been on Scout that may not be here. Uh, I have I have all my uploaded videos. They're just in more than one place. So I'm kind of going through and making sure. I think there's 60-something videos in the online training right now. 15 bucks a month, reoccurring, right? Super easy. But I'm trying to grab more videos, more videos, and stick them in there. I did the Cold War one. I didn't see it uh, originally, but I had it on the computer. So I popped that in. And I'm going to keep on adding some more stuff we're going to take. The Tactaholics guys, they've filmed our class. That's the win lesson I put out, but I'm going to take some of the other videos and put them in the online training as well. We'll cut some of them up and put them out public. But understand, my public videos, there's one quarter of it missing almost always. It's it's not a complete picture. It's there to get you started. It's there to kind of bring you back over to us for either a class. Look at it as a primer for a class. Even if you go to somebody else, it'll help. You know, I, I recommend you get in professional instruction. It doesn't have to be mile high or sniper's hide instruction. Oh, speaking, man, you guys are nuts up in Alaska. Dude, we just added another freaking block of classes in Alaska. We're, uh, Mark's, a, Mark's a rock star up there. Mark was my platoon sergeant uh, in the Marine Corps, uh, scout sniper instructor, honor grad, the whole thing, him and I deployed. Um, He just, this yesterday, day before, He's like, dude, end of September, October, we're at, I got enough for new students. We're doing the reunion shoot and the whole thing. We just added another set of classes. We're like seven, eight classes in Alaska alone. So, I mean, this is fertile ground going to training. Find some good training. Um, make sure you ask why. Make sure that there's a syllabus, that there's a lesson plan. Make sure you're not just paying somebody to have them let you shoot and then the you know watch you you know through a spotting scope if you're going to pay a lot of money you should be getting something back and that's where the syllabuses and lesson plans come in that's where like i said my powerpoint thing is 150 plus slides we're, we're teaching we're not just spotting we're not just saying hey man you know i'm standing behind you out in front of you use the range and the targets let's shoot them together and and be buddies 
it, it, you could shoot for free with your buddies and have your buddy spot and help. Granted, it's not the same as somebody who might have a bit more experience, but don't pay a premium if you're just hanging out and shooting together. Ask for lesson plans. Ask for syllabuses and things like that because that that stuff matters when when you're when you're putting a premium on these classes. You know, if they're charging you a hundred bucks for access to their range for a weekend, hey man, no brainer. Go out there, go go. You know, work together and pull your resources, and and, and understand you you're getting a leg up. But if they want five hundred bucks for you to just hang out and shoot, shop around a little bit, get the wise. Get the lesson plans, get those details, um, but do seek out instruction. There's some guys who really know their stuff out there. Um, you know, you may like you know, going back to reverting to the rifles only. His classes tend to be longer, the six day PR one and two, but he does do private stuff. He does do smaller stuff. The little mini comps are another place to get some good information. But if you're going in blind. Look at the online training and get spun up and understand the process of zeroing the rifle, chronographing the rifle, doping the rifle, converting that information into true data, and then how to apply that data. So when you go to a match, it gets applied. Oh, (laughs) wait a minute. This gets even better. So during the class, on Sunday afternoon, I broke out my rifle and my left hand gain twist 260 with prime ammunition is a friggin' laser beam. I did like a three inch 900 yard group in this crazy wind. I still couldn't hit the 300 yard target. I hit the two inch little tiny piece of steel that's not wider than a strap 200 yard target first round. Four, five, six. I hit everything. Thousand yard. Hit the center. Swung it back. Or the eleven hundred and um twenty five. We went to the pepper popper at three hundred yards. I could not hit that three hundred yard target once. There is a mental block in my head. I suddenly cannot hit anything at three hundred yards, smaller than two MOA. I can't do it. I mean, it's I'm going to have to go and practice and focus on we're laughing my butt off that here we were. I had a crowd of people with me. We're all spotting. We're all looking. I tried to shoot that 300 damn yard target and couldn't hit it. What the hell is going on? So you're not the only one out there. I'm doing it. And it's it's nuts. I've yet to hit that 305 yard target at Pawnee. I on my own range, I can't hit my 300 yard pepper popper. I, I, I'm I'm at a loss, man. My dad is off. Something's off. My wind at 300 is off. I can't figure it out. I'm gonna go and just work on 300 yards now. I can hit 1440 on the first round. I can hit a thousand. I can hit, like I said, the little bitty one m away at 200 yards. Swung it like a madman. You know center punching stuff at 100, whatever, making tiny groups. But man, I can't hit anything at 300 yards. It's nuts. We're, we were laughing our butts off over this whole 300-yard thing. It's in my head now. I'm, I'm completely useless at 300 yards until I go fix it. it, it uh, I mean, and that left-hand gain twist, man, is a hammer it loves prime it loves everything really and that's kind of the benefit of the gain twist 
it likes a more a bigger variety of rounds. And somebody asked me the left hand uh, it cancels you know Spindrift and Coriolis cancel each other out a little bit. Um, so instead of going two plus two, you know two two is Spindrift and you know whatever at somewhere it'll be two plus two. Somebody was trying to be a dickhead who chased me around on Sniper's Hide. You know, you keep you said two plus two is four. It's not two plus. Well, of course it's not two plus two. It, it was me dumbing it down for this guy. So instead of having point two spin drift and point two Coriolis adding to point four adjustment, if I minus point two to point two, it zeroes it out. Now it doesn't work everywhere that way, but they are minimizing each other. They're not adding together is why I go left hand. And then for positional, a right-handed shooter should be shooting a left-hand barrel. The recoil pulse is different and stays in line with the body. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Go read it up. Henry Pope, NRA, talks about it, a whole bunch of stuff. But damn straight, I can't hit a friggin' 300-yard target. What the hell is wrong with me? I have no idea. All right, guys. Frank from Sniper's Hide. Mike from Mile High. 303-255-9999. And thanks to Diane. Thanks to Attackaholics for all the content. I'm still grabbing it, still pulling it down. There's a lot of it. Three days worth of video and images. Great images. If you guys took the class, you could buy them and download them. Some cool stuff going on there. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to The Everyday Sniper. Thank you for subscribing it. Pass it off to your friends. Uh, if you're listening to this on um, Thursday, what is this, like the 27th, 28th? I don't even know what day it is. Um, Friday, tomorrow, I'm going to be on uh, Kelly McMillan's t- talking with Kelly McMillan there. And I believe it's on the Podbean app as well. So if you see the Kelly McMillan thing, I will be on tomorrow with Kelly. And and you can hear that as well. I don't know what he, we're going to talk about, but I'm going to talk. That's what I do. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Have a great day and a great weekend. Careful driving out there. Let's be safe, everybody. Cheers.